It's Daily Thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ every weekday morning from our studio on the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more, visit ellerslie.com. Eric, on Sunday, you gave a great message called The Roar of the Lion. And if someone hasn't heard that, I encourage them to go to ellerslie.com and go to the sermons and, and listen to that message because it's all about this idea of the voice of the Lord, but also the position of the Word of God in our life in terms of hearing and going to the right frequency, mm-hmm. uh, as you said. you want to give a quick summary of just kind of your heart of why this is so important for mm-hmm. this day and age? Well, I think the fear of God has uh, gone missing in the body of Christ, and we have seen a a depletion of that trembling uh, in the Church of Jesus Christ, where we're sort of hanging out with a Jesus who has his hair pulled back in a ponytail and we're playing Frisbee with him in the park instead of bowing down before the throne, the almighty who has all things beneath his feet and who is holy, holy, holy. And I love the element of scripture that introduces us to the intimate God, the one who desires us close and he calls us his children. So I don't want to diminish that. But what I think is missing in the mechanics of Christianity is the thunder is the roar of the lion, is the sound of many waters, as it would say, sort of like Niagara Falls. That's when God's voice is described. It's thunderous. It's roaring. And so the Hebrew culture is based around a lot of loud noises. It's sort of interesting to think about. And since none of us really lived in it in the ancient days, we didn't hear the trumpet blasts that were constantly going, the shouts of the people. And to bring down the walls of Jericho, it's like not just a trumpet blast, but it's a shout and it falls. And you're going to see that, that loud shout, that loud noise throughout this culture, which is a prophetic culture to show us the kingdom of heaven and to show us, first of all, Christ and his kingdom, but then also who we are. And we're a people that need to make some noise. (laughs) And most of us are a little quiet right now. Like, I don't want to make noise. Don't want to draw a lot of attention to myself. And God's like, you know, I built you as an instrument. And that instrument is supposed to make some noise. Are you ready to allow me to play you as an instrument? And that's where a lot of us are pausing right now going, what do you mean by that, God? (laughs) I don't know that I want to be played as an instrument. That's good. Uh, This particular episode is called The Feast of Roaring. Oh, yeah. Sounds good. It is. It's just powerful. Actually, I was really excited to even talk through this. We were talking before we even started about the Feast of Trumpets, Mm -hmm. uh, which even to tie into your message on Sunday, the feast biblically is Yom uh, Teruah. Teruah. Huh. And you have to listen to the message to get some of the tie-ins on that. <clears throat> but it's interesting that the Feast of Trumpets was the first of the high holy feasts in the fall. Uh, it was it was like the coming together, uh, coming together. But what distinguished it is that there's all these trumpet blasts. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of noise. And yet the undercurrent, though there there's a lot of stuff about judgment and repentance, that, that that's a big undercurrent of, of the mm-hmm. of the festival. There is this sweet aspect to it. In other mm-hmm. words, it's the start of the the civil calendar for the for the Jews. It was this you know is this big celebratory thing to the point where uh, one of the big meals is you know apples and honey because mm-hmm. it's to remind us of the sweetness mm-hmm. of the year that is to come. Mm-hmm. And as we were just talking, it's fascinating how often in Scripture there's this idea of trumpet blast or there's this idea of shouting that is associated with this idea of joy. Mm-hmm. 
you want to unpack that a little bit for us? Yeah. Well, I, I'd say the Feast of Trumpets as this transition into something new, because anytime there's something new arriving, you're going to see like like jo- Joshua coming into the land of promise. I used this illustration earlier, but the start is like this trumpet blasts and shouts and a lot of noise, walls crumbling down, you know, the, the soldiers and getting really, you know, into it. And so you see this loud shout that, well, the, the beginnings of the kingdom of heaven and the new covenant in his blood is a loud shout from the cross of Christ. And you're going to see the temple veil divide. You're going to see something very similar happening. And this loud noise is a beginning point. So what you see is like in the book of Nehemiah, which was the Feast of Trumpets uh, being celebrated back in that day, uh, it's an incredible parallel with what you just said. You're going to have the reading of the law. Ezra is going to be reading the law, and there's going to be great grief, and people are you know weeping because they're they've just heard the word of truth and the fact that you know this high standard of the law, and yet in that you're going to then transition into rejoicing. How do you do that? Well, it's a picture of the kingdom of heaven. What is the beginnings for us? The new beginning is going to start with the conviction of sin, the repentance, the, in a sense, the hearing of the law. You're a sinner. But it doesn't end there. It doesn't end with the grief over our sin, though it starts there. It is going to then move to apples and honey. It is going to move to the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is going to lead to a thunderous roar of celebration, which is exactly what this Feast of Trumpets is. It is going to be a celebration of something new, and in that case, a new civil year, but for us, a new life in Christ. And so blow the trumpets. I mean, this is the time to do it. This is an incredible uh, piece of information. We have been saved. Our sins have been washed clean. So it's an incredible thought. I, I love this idea that with the trumpet blast or with this loud noise, right? Whether it's an earthquake making this deep tremble, whether mm-hmm. it's the uh, lion's roar, whether it's the thunder clap, mm-hmm. just that that idea of the the voice of the Lord, mm-hmm. that what would probably cause most of us to pull back, as we talked about yesterday, really should cause us to lean in and be be excited for what is to come. Uh, I love I love the picture in the Jewish uh, bridal ceremony stuff where. You know, the, the groom is preparing the house and, and building onto the father's house and making another room, which is a great picture of what Jesus is doing right now. But when he comes for his bride, uh, she didn't. it says that she did not know the day or the hour. She just knew the season. As he was coming into town, they would blow a big trumpet blast. He would gather the bride. They'd have a big, you know, wedding feast. And it's interesting that Jesus uses that as a parallel for what we are heading into, that there is going to, we are awaiting a trumpet blast. Mm-hmm. And then he's coming for his bride, and we're going to have a big mm-hmm. wedding feast, which yeah. I'm so excited because I'm sure there'll be no calories in that food. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> can't prove that biblically, but I'm <laughs> trusting. <laughs> you know? But it is interesting how over and over and over in Scripture, right, uh, the Joshua and Jericho, there's this loud trumpet blast, there's a l- yeah, loud screaming, uh, a roar, and then what you have is this newness that comes out of it with great joy. Mm-hmm. And I think what you just brought up with Nehemiah is a, is a phenomenal picture of, of us with Jesus, mm-hmm. that here we are, we come before the word of God, uh, and it does bring conviction. It does bring contrition. It does bring grief and sorrow over our sin, mm-hmm. but God actually doesn't want us to wallow in, in the, in the junk and the mm-hmm. sin. And, and he, yes, we're convicted, mm-hmm. but it's so that we come to repentance mm-hmm. so that we have new life and actually walk in this fullness of joy. Mm-hmm. Could you unpack <clears throat> joy for us? Because when we talk joy, we're not talking an emotion, 
right? When it's not based on circumstance, it's, it's a disposition of soul, but it really is the attitude, the lifestyle of a Christian. Mm-hmm. You want to unpack that a little bit? Yeah, it's interesting because that, that statement, the joy of the Lord is your strength, is actually in the context of the Feast of Trumpets, or what I was, was I, what I'm calling is the Feast of Roaring, because it's the Feast of Loud Noises. Uh, the Teruah uh, is when you roar, that's the, the, to roar is a verb, but the roar is the noun, and that's what it is. It's the Feast of Roaring, the Feast of Loud Blasts, the Feast of Noise, Loud Noises. And on that day, you have Nehemiah literally clarifying the joy of the Lord is your strength. And so what is that, that teruah, that loud noise of joy, that shout is a strength? I mean, how does that a strength? Well, when you watch the news today, I could say to you, the news of this world is your weakness. It depends on how your mind is situated because you may feel weak in your natural man, but the joy of the Lord is a, situ- is a mind situated upon that which is true. And like you said, it's not an emotion. It's a frame of mind. It's an attitude. In other words, the devil's getting away with a whole bunch of nonsense in this earth. But guess what? My God is going to turn all that the enemy means for evil into good. All of it. And that's an incredible mindset to have, which what does it lead to? Joy. And that joy is my strength. It's an attitude, a framework that is based around truth and reality. And as a result, no matter what comes my way, I can rejoice because my God is greater. My God is in a position of authority. All things are beneath his feet. He is going to turn it all into good for those that love him and are called according to his purposes. And that's me. So therefore, and that's what the, the Israelites could have as their mentality. It doesn't matter how bad it has been. It doesn't even matter that we have forsaken God in the past because he has shown us mercy and now we have a future with him. Let's rejoice. Let's rejoice because our God is our savior. Our God is good. And that's that's the whole disposition of the new covenant believer. We have something worth rejoicing. And that mentality of joy, of going upward, of shouting, instead of the depression and the oppression, we don't agree with that. We don't agree with what CNN has to say about our life, our future, you know, the future of the world around us. We believe what God says about our life and our future. And it is a whole lot better, by the way. If any of you are wondering, you know, if you want to weigh CNN's perspective versus the word of God, and we are believers in the word of God. And as a result, we need to fix our gaze heavenward. And there is nothing. That's why we have feasts of noise right now. We need to start blowing our trumpet, but we are that trumpet. So we need to make some noise with this instrument and proclaim the goodness of our God. Oh, that's so powerful. It's it's really important, I think, for us just to reemphasize that joy isn't just joy for the sake of joy. Joy is coming out of your position in the Word. Mm -hmm. And, And again, I think that Nehemiah chapter 8 passage is so beautiful that as we come to the Word, and we allow the word to do its work in our life, it actually enables us to live a life of joy. It's not joy apart from ignoring the word of God. It's not joy in the sense of like, I'll just not listen to this and do whatever I want to do. It's actually joy that comes out of a life that's changed and transformed by the word of God. Uh, And just as a fun side note, uh, I have never met a people group that know how to rejoice and party more than the Israelites. Hmm. It's like they practice 
this reality of joy in the Lord. Mm. Like everything becomes celebration. They know how to dance, mm. which I have no clue how to do. <laughs> you and I, that would be a fun video that we could do is how to dance. Oh, how, we could teach everyone how to do Hebrew dancing because neither of us know. <laughs> and so it could be. I, I know the light bulb. <laughs> oh, is that how you do it? That's supposed I always like think of, you know, this kind of Russian thing. dance. Yeah, the, yeah, it's a Russian dance, yeah. but isn't that Jewish? No. 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 Uh, okay. <clears throat> uh, anyway. <laughs> It's like, I don't know where that all came from. Uh, could you maybe even just give a final commission to those who are listening about mm-hmm. whether it's coming to the word of God and, and experiencing joy or just living in that reality that mm-hmm. no matter what the enemy means for destruction and evil, yeah. God is going to turn it. And therefore yeah. we should live in this position of joy. Yeah. I, I love the kingdom of heaven. It gets me so stirred up. And I see because of all your dancing that you're going to be able to get to I, do. I, I'm, can I'm, you imagine how good of a dancer Eric's <laughs> going to be in heaven? That's going to be amazing. Whatever your weakness is down here, I'm sure God's going to make up for it and give me supernatural dancing abilities in heaven. But it's this one truth that we're talking about right now that I can look at this world and get excited. And I say, oh, God, God has it right where he wants it. It's like seeing loaves and fish and saying, oh, God's, God can feed 5,000 through that. It's a, it's a lens of faith. And I just want to exhort and encourage everyone listening in to not buy the doom and gloom that the enemy is dishing out. And even we in the church are, are sharing it. And we're just like, oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really getting bad. You know, it's been bad since Jesus ascended. The church has gone through many trials, many tribulations, many seasons of great travail. And yet that didn't diminish the joy. You throw them in a prison cell and they sing songs. Well, we're of the same stock We have the same spirit that lives in us. And as a result, whatever the countenance of God is on his throne in heaven should be our countenance down here. If he's fretting, if he's fearful, if he's terrorized, then we should be too. But if he is laughing, if he is holding it in derision, we've got something good in store. In other words, we can rest in that. And that's why he says to us, rejoice. And then Paul says, and again, I'm going to say it, rejoice. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning us that we rejoice evermore. There is never a season where we turn the dial down on our rejoicing. This is our opportunity to prove to the world around us how happy the kingdom of heaven is. Because it doesn't matter how dour it is outside, the kingdom of heaven and the climate of the kingdom of heaven never changes inside. We have it good. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. Daily Thunder is streamed daily, Monday through Friday, from our studio in Windsor, Colorado. And our weekend church service is delivered live and streamed at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Join us at live.ellerslie.com. Note that our live weekday in-person version of Daily Thunder is scheduled to resume this upcoming June in conjunction with our training season. Learn more at ellerslie.com. Thanks for listening. Thank <laughs> you.